Hello and welcome to Off the Roll. I'm your host, Troy Ershman. Well, I know it's been a little while since we did a podcast, um, so I'm sorry about that. I started a new job, and so it's been exciting, um, but it's also been a little time-consuming as well, so there hasn't been much time to do a podcast. But today, I'm coming back with a really good one. We are talking to Barry Clements. Barry is the Deputy Athletics Director for Capital Projects at the University of South Florida. Barry graduated from Ball State University in 1980 and was inducted into the Cardinal Sports Medicine Ring of Honor in 2013. Um, He has, in my opinion, done it all uh, as an athletic trainer and now as an administrator. He has been an integral part of the University of South Florida Athletics Department. And we're really lucky to spend some time with him for this podcast today. He kind of touches on a, few, a little bit of everything involved with that, but for the most part, it was just a great conversation to talk to Barry, and he's a great down-to-earth Hoosier guy that lives in Florida now. So let's go off the roll with Barry Clements. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Troy Hirschman. I'm your host for Off the Roll. Today, we're, we're talking to Barry Clemens. Barry is the Deputy Athletic Director um, over Capital Projects at University of South Florida. Um, and so, uh, Barry, we're happy to have you on Off the Roll. Great to be here. Thanks for doing this and uh, look forward to a good conversation. Yeah. Um, so, like I've asked everybody at the start of this podcast, um, how, you know, how did you get started in athlete training? Who introduced you to it? Um, first, first of all, where are you from? So uh, I'm originally from Richmond, Indiana. Okay. So not too far from uh, from Ball State, just down yeah. about an hour down the road on 35. So, okay. um, yeah. And, and you were a Red Devil? I was, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I played uh, – Football um, was my sport. Uh, basketball was my favorite sport. But as you well know, to play basketball in Indiana, you got to be really, really talented. So uh, I, I wasn't. I was never. Other than junior high school, I wasn't good enough in high school to to play on our basketball team. We were Richmond should have probably had two high schools, but they always had one just because they wanted to be so good in sports. So that yeah. kind of limited your opportunities. But we were good in football too, and I played football. But I. Um, in junior high, well, you know, I played a lot of sports, but where I lived, um, you know, I walked to elementary school, I walked to my junior high, and I walked to my high school. And in between where my junior high was and my house was Earlham College. Um, okay. And so um, it was basically in my backyard. And when I was in seventh grade, a friend of mine, uh, we went there and they had just hired a new football coach, a guy that came in from the Washington Redskins, and he was just looking to try to coach and be a head coach and live in a small town and raise a family. And he had played at Wilmington College, um, so he was familiar with Earlham. And he came in, and uh, he we just went in and talked to him one day, and um, he asked us to, to be the team managers, which we didn't really know what that meant, but it was full on board with being in the team photos, all the different pictures you take in August to being there every day we could around our um, school and and in our situation with our football practice. And we were just there and hung out there. And I, I feel like I, I lived over there. My parents back then were fine with it. 
and we traveled and everything else. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I ended up, well, I ended up doing um, football myself, football, basketball, and baseball. And um, so, and Del Harris was the ba the basketball coach. I was going to ask you that if Del Harris was there. Yeah. yeah. So he was there. And, and um, so it was those three sports. And it, so, that, you know, basically the whole school year, I was over there all the time. But when I was there in August, um, the first year I was there, um, I always in the athletic area walked down the hallway and there was a cage uh, where there were two whirlpools and the room was like always super clean, but never used a couple treatment tables. And it was next to the equipment area. And we were working with the full time equipment uh, guys that they had, a couple older guys that they had uh, that were retired doing that. And so um, Earlham had hired uh, back then when students could really do a lot, pretty much everything. They hired a student from Ohio University's program to come over for August and be the athletic trainer. And I was just, uh, I thought, man, what is that? That's so cool. And then uh, thought that's what, you know, that's what I want to do and started digging into it a little bit. So, um, and then the next year, they the same thing, but it was a guy from the Miami of Ohio that came in. Uh -huh. And I, um, so in high school, played football, and our basketball coach, um, I got with him and, you know, told him what I wanted to do. So I kind of became the athletic trainer at my high school for uh, all the other sports and especially basketball. Um, and he gave me the Kramer course. Uh, uh, so I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. show you something here if you can see it. Oh yeah. Well, that was, uh, so yeah, that was a ball state sports medicine camp, <laughs> athletic training camp that they had. Yeah. And then um, I think between my junior and senior year of high school, but I, so I did that, did that course with him. And then uh, they had me in office. I'd go down to the principal's office every day. There'd be back then I thought getting mail was pretty cool. And I had mail from all kinds of companies to go through and different things like that. But, but then what happened was I was, um, I was going to go to Evansville to play football and um, get some money to play football. But at the same time, believe it or not, back then they didn't have a certified athletic trainer. So they knew about what I was doing at Richmond and they wanted me to be the uh, athletic trainer for um, basketball and maybe kind of everything else, but play football. So a similar situation for what I did in high school. And my brother, who was pre-med at the time, um, who always kind of gave me good advice and guided me along, said, if you go there, the way it works in athletic training is you've had you have to work under a certified athletic trainer to be eligible uh -huh. to become certified. And so he goes, you can go and you can do that. And and really, it's about the same money as, as going to Ball State with being a private institution and the difference from what they're giving to you, giving you and what tuition costs. But he goes, uh, you know, you, you just would be spinning your wheels. And if you really want to be a certified athletic trainer, you need to go to like a ball state where there's um, certified trainers there and they actually have a minor in it. So that's what I did. And then the, uh, the, the, the real, uh, you know, the thing that happened my freshman year was, was just awful was the plane crash at Evansville. So everybody yeah. that I'd met with and interviewed with um, and would have been with was, was, you know, in that, in that plane crash. So, um, you know, life takes, um, you know, different turns and you just, you just never know, but that's kind of how I got into it and how I landed at, at Ball State, and, uh, and and you know from there went went on to graduate school where where Falstick was because he was at Ball State as an assistant athletic trainer when I was a student. 
Yeah. So, so tell me about your student. I mean, you, you were in that kind of that, that group, um, you know, Coddington was kind of, cause you graduated from Richmond when? In, in 77. So Coddington was already out of ball state. Coddington was Rick Sharp. Rex Sharp was a senior when I came in as a freshman. Yeah. Ken, Ken Evans was gone. Yeah. I knew um, about all those guys and heard of all yeah. these guys, but, uh, especially so, with my relationship with Dickerson. And yeah, Snowball so. was one too, but but he was somebody that was pretty visible, uh, right. always in Ball State. So, yeah. um, so what group were you kind of in there with then? Well, um, you know, I was real close with Rich Lloyd and Tom Ford and a guy named Dan Cortman and okay, uh, and um, uh, you, well, there were just a, a, a lot of different folks that that were that came and went back then too. So, and was, Tony was Mark. Was Mark um, Lahr in that group too? No. Um, okay. Tony Cox came in my junior or senior year. Um, okay. But I was, and when I got there, it was, if I remember right, uh, it was a big deal to try to get on with football right away. And I think I was pretty fortunate either right in the fall or in the spring of my freshman year, I got with football. And then I ended up, you know, working like everybody, a lot of different sports. And I had uh, men's soccer. Um, okay. I know that I had that sport by myself at one time, <clears throat> just trying to to remember everything and how it went. I know down. it's it's okay. It, it, it sometimes yeah. you're going to remember about two or three things after we're done talking. You're oh gonna, yeah. Oh, I didn't talk yeah. about that. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. Most, most definitely, <laughs> but but I had a uh, you know right out of the gate, um, Volgasang was the head guy, and Ballstick was an assistant, and 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 Jim Dickerson, and um, like a lot of people, I just. Uh, had an incredible relationship with Jim Dickerson, you know, who definitely was, you know, one of my best friends and like a brother. And at times I felt like a son with him. And we even took vacations um, when I was there together for on spring break, we came down to Florida together. Yeah. You know, that, that, I could spend an hour telling you about that in itself, but we <laughs> um, naturally like a lot of other students, uh, you know, his family, um, was your family and just, and, you know, being at his house and doing things with him or whatever. And we had some incredible, uh, times, uh, at a local establishment that, um, that my roommate was, was, was part of. So, um, that ended up turning out to be our place to go. And it was also, uh, the place that the Muncie, Muncie central, um, staff, um, and fans went to as well. So we, we just had, you know, it was just incredible. And then I was, you know, so close with Fallstick again. Um, he brought me there as a uh, graduate assistant when I, when I finished at Ball State. Yeah. Um, I guess um, it just, my question just left me, but so, so when you went to Kent State, um, did John bring you in to work a sport specifically? What did you do at Kent State there that yeah, that, as a graduate assistant? Well, back then it was still different where you could you could pull it off if you went right after I graduated, I took off. So I was there for the summer and then and then one year I did everything in that summer and then one one school year and had my master's. But uh it was football and then it was ice hockey specifically. Okay. For me, um, you know, with, with him. And so um and Mark Smith was an assistant there at the time, but I was also real fortunate because that's where the Cleveland Browns had their training camp. And um, 
So I was just kind of a runner for them, doing anything and around all the time and showing my face and just there for anything that they needed. And then one particular day early in the preseason, uh, Leo Murphy, the head athletic trainer for the Cleveland Browns, was on the sidelines and had his back turned to the field and got hit and kind of flipped up in the air and fractured his femur. So um, I became his caretaker over in the dorm, but I also got asked to to come on and help him out um, so that they had another body to replace him. So I was very – and back then – Oh my gosh, the uh, the the team that when I when I grew up, my idol playing um, in the NFL was Calvin Hill, and he was finishing out his last year there with the Browns. But Greg Pruitt, Mike Pruitt, Brian Seip, um, Dave Logan, Lyle Azado, um, Charles White. It was just a it was you know quite the team, and they were you know highly successful back then, and so it was. Uh, that was wonderful for my for my experience and my career to be a part of that. And that was like back when they were like in the ASU championship yeah, game and all kids, that stuff. Right, yeah. yeah, cardiac kids, yeah. Early yeah, 80s, yeah. yeah. So, wow. <laughs> it was yeah, it was really special. So it was uh it was good. But so so what did you do after you finished up at Kent State? Well, um I, I would say that at the time I got out that um, I applied for everything from uh, a job at the Cleveland Cavaliers to high schools, to clinics or whatever. And it was just tough. There just weren't very many jobs out there at all. And if you said, where do you want to be? I would, I would have thought that I wanted to be um, at the college university level and probably D one at that point. And, and there just wasn't anything. And so um, I had an opportunity to go to a high school um, as the first certified athletic trainer in Dayton, Ohio, Stebbins High School, okay. which was also, um, you know, 40 minutes from where I grew up. And so right. um, so I went there and um, there was a former Ball State uh, football coach uh, or former Ball State player that was a good friend of mine, um, Jeff Fancher, who was coaching there. He was a couple years older than me. He's from Richmond. His brother and I are, are best of friends, and so um, knew Jeff real well. And him being there, you know, made it extra special. And um, they ended up having a coach who was just starting his career out that became a Hall of Famer in Ohio uh, as a high school coach. And so it was a really special place. But I think kind of when I went in, um, and I think I even stated it that the attitude was, "I'm going to be here like I'm going to be here forever, but I'm going to do this for a year," and yeah. then. Um, and then towards the spring of that year, as I started looking at opportunities, I was also going to Florida every chance I got. My parents were retired and they were in the Bradenton area. And so, you know, I'd get down here for long weekends or whatever and just loved it. And there was an opportunity in, in Tampa at USF. I wasn't super excited because they didn't have football at the time. Right. But I had heard of it because they had hired Lee Rose uh, as the basketball coach yeah. and built his new dome. He was at Purdue. He took Purdue to the final four right before he went to USF and, and he got the Purdue job because he took um, Charlotte, North Carolina, Charlotte to the final four. So, yeah. um, and so um, I was able to get there. And I think part of the reason I got the job was they also didn't have, they didn't have strength and conditioning at all. And I was certified in that, which I always okay. 
would tell people, you know, that get as many hats as you can in uh, in this profession so that you can have a better opportunity for a job, do what you want to do and just, you know, have that much more opportunity. So when I came here, I was kind of the strength coach and then um, I was an assistant uh, athletic trainer and um, it was it was different. It, it was I jumped right on with baseball um, and they, they had the head coach was Robin Roberts, who was uh, a Hall of Famer from the Philadelphia Phillies and, you know, even more famous for a lot of different reasons. But and it was, you know, fall baseball back then was 60 games in the fall. And it was it was different. It was different not being around football, but it was a place I was going to be a couple of years because we didn't have football. But I had the opportunity to do all the strength and conditioning and everything for basketball. And back then it was the head athletic trainer that had to be with basketball as a premier sport. And my yeah. second year before basketball started, I had developed a great relationship by doing the strength and conditioning, um, drug testing, everything for the basketball program with, with Lee Rose. And um, the opportunity came up for me to take that over. Um, and then I was kind of doing everything else. We were in a unique situation because we're a large university and we were even back then and we didn't have physical therapy and it was the athletic training area kind of taking care of the student body for physical. Oh, wow. Therapy. It was really unique, uh, probably illegal, but really unique. <laughs> and, uh, so I think they, they did it because they got funding for supplies and they needed it for uh, budgetary reasons. But, but I did that and then um, be, and became the head basketball guy and then kind of, and then the guy that was the actual head athletic trainer got on with the, with, with the Dodgers and so um, I kind of took over everything um, and um, was, you know, just head athletic trainer. And, and, and from there, um, it was, you know, all the different hats you wear as an athletic trainer, somewhat like a coach. But um, I liked administration. I mean, I just really did. I, I think most probably don't. And I always tried to see where I wanted to be in five or ten years down the road. But, you know, what did I want to be doing when I was 50? I'd kind of always ask myself. And so back then it wasn't where you, oh, I want to be an athletic director someday. Um, and like all the sports management programs, there were very few. And, you know, a lot of people that come out of those want to be athletic directors. But for me, it was just taking on more and more and gravitating towards it. So as it's turned out, um, I think I've had 13 or 14 different title changes and I've done uh, I've done every job in athletics and every single job or overseeing every area um, you know in our department and so for many years if you'd say well what's your job I'd say it was coaching coaches so yeah, uh, yeah that, that was good so because I was looking at your, your bio and and yeah I mean you basically supervised every sport is, is there a sport at South Florida you haven't supervised no, I think I've had every one, even if it was, <laughs> it, it might've been a, somebody leaving and just had something temporary, but it was, there were a few years there that if there was an area, there were areas that naturally had no experience in, but if it was, if there were issues or concerns or challenges, um, I, you know, I might go in for a while to try to clean it up, make things better and then get back out of it again. So yeah. it just ended up impacting everything. So it was, it was an incredible ride and incredible opportunity to be able to do all those things. And, um, and, and I probably, you know, would say I had too much at one time when you, when I had, you know, almost every sport and then the sport administrators, when we started doing that and having people over sports, 
um, you know, to lead that at the same time was, uh, there was a lot. And I was, you know, I was doing things from worried about getting every kid in school to behavioral issues to, um, you know, running all the programs. So it was, it was definitely 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, a, um, would you say that, that your athletic training background, you know, basically we, we've all, we've all been a part of like usually covering one sport or two sports, but in some situations we were still kind of taking care of the, all the athletic population in certain circumstances. Do you think that kind of background helped you to be a, a good administrator in those roles? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's because, um, you know, whether even if you did just work one sport for a long time, there's so many things that you're involved in and you're around if you're not specifically um and you're always even like compliance there's a little bit of that for for every area but you know you're you're familiar with the academics you're familiar with you know that the business office and the budget and you're working with those type of things you're working hand in hand with strength and conditioning in the equipment area you're um you're you're marketing your program with with others you're and I, and I think it's important it doesn't happen everywhere and it didn't happen everywhere back then it, to be able to figure out the vehicles that are in place for fundraising and so you're working with that operation and so so there's a lot of external and internal type things that you're going to be you know working with and you're going to see and uh and you're going to touch and so um it, it, it's almost you know every aspect of it and and then everything that you do um it, whether even if you're a student or graduate assistant, assistant, head guy, you've got administrative responsibilities. They're just there. And whether you're supervising somebody else or soliciting physician support, developing coverage schedules, doing insurance, um, there's just so many different things that you do to, and you have to do um, at every one of those levels to make the overall organization and overall department successful. And so that administration, again, which I enjoyed, um, was just something that I wanted to do more and more of. And that's, and, and that's why that opportunity just kind of came my way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's interesting. I think that's, I mean, you see some athletic trainers that are, that are, you know, that are, they want to get off the road or whatever it is, but they end up in those roles, those administrative roles, uh, yeah. to do that. And, and, um, and, and, um, and it's great that you have some visionary people over that that see that that skill set and that talent to to take on those roles and and um, and and there's some situ I mean there's lots of good administrators out there um, that are I think are um, they get the idea that they want to surround themselves with good people and and it sounds like you were in a great opportunity to do to be a part of that. So I was around a lot of great people, but I think it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, what you enjoy and what you like and what you want to do and where you want to be. But I, uh, if I definitely, I, th I think I had really um, goals established in, in, in athletic training and what I wanted to accomplish. And, um, you know, I followed the formula for that and was on it and you know not every day looking at those type of things but kind of it was in it was instilled in me to to proceed that way and i accomplished everything i ever wanted to accomplish in athletic training but it doesn't 
But again, looking at where you want to be and what you want to do down the road. And back then, what I wanted, to, where I wanted to be when I was 50, I didn't want to really be a clinician. I didn't want to be in the clinic daily doing the things I did, even though, you know, now I kind of wish I was back there doing it. But there were people that knew they wanted to do that, which is fine. And yeah. it doesn't, you know, that's what they chose. And there, again, a lot of people wouldn't like the administrative part of things and what you have to deal with. And because you have to deal with conflict to be successful and, and just, you know, the good and the bad. And, and it's just, it's just part of it. But I, I just, you know, I, I never, if I wanted to be an athletic director and that was the goal, um, then I would have even left here. I mean, I think you need to leave and get different experiences and that's, typically how you don't get caught in the system and can make more money and then, you know, continue to rise to where you want to be and meet that many more people networking wise and connection wise and those type of things and do that. But for me, it was just, I was at a great place. It was great that I didn't have to move my family. A wonderful place to live here. So many outside opportunities as there were outside opportunities when I started here for athletic training, some of the things that I was able to do, um, with some really famous uh, athletes that would come here for, you know, like baseball fantasy camps and those type of things was yeah. incredible. And then, you know, I'm being from Indiana. I mean, that's, that's my love. That's, that's, you know, my home. And so I also, when I first started here, had a situation where I um, could go back for the summers and, um, yeah. and, and I went back and ran basketball camps, the largest in the country that happened to be at Earlham Um with our, my former high school coach. And uh, so there's just, it was just wonderful. And then it just reached a point where, you know, everything changed a lot. And of course we were getting football and um, that type of thing. And that couldn't happen anymore, but, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's worked out really, really well. And I was fortunate and, you know, I'm not a shoulda, woulda, coulda guy, but I think, you know, if, if you, you don't want to do anything different as you went through, because, you know, you wouldn't be exactly where you are now with everything in, in your right. life, not just your work. And, and so, but naturally um, there were things that, that, you know, I might've done or chose to do a little bit differently because it's, it's not always easy and there's going to be bumps in the road and, and that's how you grow and you learn and you, you get yeah. better and you've got to overcome that adversity. So, um, but overall it's, it's, um, you know, I've been very, very fortunate and very, very lucky. And I, and I do, you know, give that credit to uh, a lot of people that shaped me early on. And, um, and those key people were part of Ball State Athletic Training. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just forever indebted to, to, to those guys and, and gals and what they did for me. And then I think being from the Midwest and having the instilled in me the the hard work ethic that just, you know, came with that and growing up my parents and what you're taught and all those type of things and good core values and doing the right thing. Yeah. I think with all that in place, it kind of led to a, um, a purpose-driven life, you know, so it's yeah. been, been a real blessing. Yeah. Um, so how long do you think you're going to keep doing this? Well, kind of as long as they, uh, they'll put up with me it gets it gets harder I can tell you it is very very difficult it really doesn't happen anymore where somebody stays at the same place specifically yeah. in college athletics and so it's not easy and things change all the time and you've got to continue to adapt to that but I think uh, you know a lot of people more and more I equate it to like if you're coming in as a recruit 
you like to see all the bells and whistles and all the state of the art stuff. You don't really care about the historical stuff that we probably did when we went through. And so right. people a lot of times don't want to know about the history, which is unfortunate because they tend to make the same yeah. make the same mistakes that we had to go through if they don't pay attention to it. But they don't. But at the same time, you don't want to go. Oh, that's the way we always did it either. But I think that uh, it, it so it's it's tough in some regards. But uh, in other regards, I think that as long as I feel like I can make a difference and, and continue to do it. And as you mentioned at the beginning, now things what I call uh, in my fourth quarter here are really different for me. And I'm, I have the opportunity of being involved in fundraising, uh, which I kind of have always done. I did a lot for sports medicine specifically coming right. through, but, but, but fundraising for the department and working on some capital projects. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool because that's that's what I always thought was the cool thing about college athletics is that there seems like there's always they're they're always building. And and so if, if they're always building, there's always going to need for different types of things. And and if you're involved in that, you're always going to be busy doing something. Right. I mean, well, yeah. And I think as an athletic trainer and it's funny because when I came through, you know, in one of the courses you you deal with uh, your facilities your own and you know just knowing uh in a sports medicine athletic training room that you know lighting is important and ventilation is important and the type of floor you have and all those type of things which most people don't know I mean that's when I got my first taste of you know whatever so whenever throughout my career we were doing anything um building wise that impacted strength and conditioning or sports medicine I was always involved you know right and um and then and then eventually later on uh, as an administrator, I always oversaw the people that ran facilities and grounds and, you know, the and housekeeping and capital projects and all those type of things. But and so I learned a little bit. But when I jumped in full throttle, it was a full learning curve to, uh, you know, to, to learn these things. And it's been a lot of fun, but I would have never had a crystal ball, you know, 30 years ago and looked in it and saw that I would be doing facility stuff i'd go where'd that come from you know <laughs> um, but it's but it's good so um yeah i'm very very appreciative yeah. well i i know that we talked about when we got started that that your time was limited but before we kind of wrap this up a little bit um i've got to ask you what are and i think I, the one story in particular that i want you to tell but what are your some of your favorite jim dickerson stories Oh boy. No, I've, I've told some, um, a lot yeah. in the past about, it. <laughs> um, we, we, you know, we were, uh, we went to Finland together, Finland and Sweden, um, in the nineties, uh, for a few years, year after year with Kramer Europe to go over there and spent time. We've really created some great relationships over there, but did a lot and had a lot of fun on things that we did there, but it was, there's just, there's just so many things that were just, you know, the guy just loved to laugh, you know, and just, I, I walked by his office and one time during, you know, just during class time when he was back in his office on the academic side and he's in there by himself laughing. I'm like, you know, and this was kind of when I first met him and he knows it's awkward when I look at him, I'm looking at him awkward and he says, Oh, I just told myself a joke. And, uh, you know, that was just his, his personality. But then, and then, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot that we did together. And so we've had 
incredible times together and just you just constantly break down laughing because I always tell everybody he's you know he's definitely a guy's guy but he um when I first started working there and working football um you know he'd try to get you on things or whatever but we were out of practice one day and he was in all red he had the red bike coaching pants and a red shirt and the defense was in red that day and they were scrimmaging and he was way down um close to the end zone well yeah not too far from the end zone and and just standing there but standing like on the field and uh, the quarterback went back offense went back to throw a, a bomb really and these guys were coming they were kind of coming right towards him and a guy tipped the ball up in the air and Dickerson ran over and caught it because it wasn't even close to the receivers and he took off and he just started running like, you know, like he was playing defense and he was running towards the, op, you know, the end zone. And uh, damn, if the players didn't start chasing him. And, uh, I mean, you know, was, I'm surprised they didn't tackle him, but, but the offense that, you know, that had the interception was chasing him down. And, and I got the biggest kick out of that. He just, just, you know, didn't even hesitate. He just, you know, jumped right on it. But he, um, yeah, we, it, he, he was, uh, you know, he put life in, in the right perspective and he was just a, just incredible in so many different ways. Yeah. But, but just, um, yeah, it, it's, I was very, very fortunate, like a lot of folks and, uh, to have, have him in my life, you know? So, um, but, we, we all, we all were, I mean, that was yeah. the thing about it. I mean, I mean, I grew up, you know, in, in, um, in Boone County and, and, um, you know, and, and we, after the fact found out that we, that, you know, he knew, he knew some of the same people that I did. In fact, um, you know, Carol's brother was my, was one of my 4-H leaders when I was going through, when wow. I was in 4-H and stuff. Yeah, Tom and stuff. And so, um, you know, he, he just like, probably just like all of his, his, his students, um, his, particularly his favorite ones. And, um, and, and those that were you, uh, me, um, snowball, you know, those people that were lucky enough to kind of be in that circle a little bit, um, uh, really got some, some great, um, perspective from him when we needed it the most. I remember before I was going out to Philadelphia for my internship in 91, I was really nervous and I was like, am I gonna, am I gonna fall flat on my face or whatever? And he just pulled me aside and said, listen, you just hustle, you work your butt off. And the rest will take care of itself, and that's all I needed to hear from him. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, because you'll yeah. be fine. And and yeah. I think that's what was special about him. He knew, he knew when to um, to lift you up when you needed it, and yeah, and but also maybe make you laugh so you weren't so daggone nervous about something that came up. He, he did, he, yeah, and he knew when to put you on your place too. I, I, uh, <laughs> we played Ball State and football. And I was I worked on the scheduling and tried to make that happen. And we played here. The first the first game was here, and we ran the opening kickoff back, and we won like fifty to six or something. So then everybody's wondering why we're going to Ball State to play, and we ended up getting beat at the very end of the game up there. I remember that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I'm meeting him in the parking lot. And I'm going across before the game to to see him. I couldn't see him the night before, and I've got. Um, our director of athletics with me at the time and the president of the, of the university. And 
you know, they've heard so much about him. They want to meet him. So they're walking with me and we walk up and they go, oh my God, you know, we want to meet you so bad. Barry's so good. He does credible work and just, you know, just, I'm sure, you know, on and on about me. And he just looked and goes, oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought they were going to fall over. So like, yeah, he could, uh, he could tell the way it was, you know, and put you right in your, in your place all the yeah. time. But he kept things really light and put, you know, he had life figured out. He was a difference maker, but he, um, he just, uh, he had it figured out. He knew what mattered in life and, and, and he really enjoyed it. And, his, you know, it, it, everything about him was just everything you picked up from that. He made you better. So, um, yeah, yeah, real, really special. Yeah. I know that's what Glenn and I've talked about quite a bit. It's just, um, how he knew how he did business and how he made contact with people. Um, he goes that, he goes, that's what really got me started in the, the efforts of, when, when Hoove brought me in to open up these clinics, he goes, we didn't do it the conventional way. We didn't come in there and, and set up a clinic and then try to get people that doctors to refer. We went in and talked to the doctors and we asked about their wives and their kids. And he goes, I learned all that from Jim. I mean, Jim just oh, yeah. had an incredible way of doing those things. And, and, and he goes, that's how we did business. So, and that's why, yeah, I mean, he, he knew everybody anywhere you went, especially after he got in and got started with Kramer and got into sales and um, yeah, it was just amazing. And then, it, you know, again, he was, he was always working, but it wasn't work for him, you know? And yes. uh, I think he was one of those that thought if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life, but he would come down on vacation. And I, I did a lot of representation over the years for different companies uh, as I worked here. And one of them was uh, sports health. And so um, I was, um, helping them and he came down with Kramer on vacation and wanted to get in the car and go visit schools so that's what we did so he could just meet more people and get out and about and just yeah you know, loved everybody's story and so um you know that and that made him special so um you know he just had that he had that gift no doubt about it yeah yeah um so that's the story I want you to tell since we can get this on we get this recorded is the XLAC story. I got to have you tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always, when I, when I would, uh, there were various times that I had an opportunity to talk about him and, you know, and most of it, like we've just discussed now is really good stuff and great things that he's done, all those type of things. But I'd always go back to him as a technician that I had my doubt and concern about um, you know, his, his theory and treatment. So he, um, when I probably, again, when I was a freshman or whatever, um, I just, yeah, it was, it was, uh, unbelievable that I, I went into work one day when I was really, really sick and I felt bad and back. Of course, nowadays, if you were coughing, like I was, you wouldn't even went in. Yeah. But I was just had this horrible cough. And, you know, and, and, and Don Vogelstein kept giving me a dirty look or whatever, but they, don't, they didn't send you home, you know, back then, if you, you didn't call in sick and you, everybody worked so that there was a spot for you. So, um, and I finally just went up to Jim and, and I go, is there anything I can do for this or take for this? And he immediately, without hesitation, gave me a tablet and, uh, and, you know, me just wanting to get it taken care of, just didn't even question it, took it. And then um, 
And then after I took it, I thought, yeah, I wonder what that was. I'm still worried about coughing. And he goes, that was X-Lax. And I go, X-Lax, why would you give me X-Lax for a cough? He said, trust me, you'll be afraid to cough. And so, <laughs> and so it, and it, 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 it cured it. I might've had to duct tape my mouth, but it cured it. But it was, uh, yeah, so, yeah. I think that that pretty much sums it up right there yeah. about, about Jim's mentality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was it was very much. Um, well, I, I tell you one more, too, as, 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 yeah. as far as taking care of somebody. He wanted me to I don't know. I don't think it was for a class, although I was in a class oral practical doing a test with the Louisiana rap. And okay. um, you were timed on it. and You had to do it like in 30 seconds or something. So you got down and you got in position and they were going to give you the countdown. And, and so, you know, I had this thing in my hand and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get an A in this class and he goes now go and scream, go. And that rap went flying out of my hand across the room <laughs> and he was with fall stick. I thought they were going to fall out of their, well, they did fall out of their seats, but he had me, he, he had a, a person. He was either a student athlete that I need to look look at, but I think it was one of those evaluation deals. And he, um, said, you know, find out what's wrong with this person. So I said, okay, tell me, you know, point to where it hurts. And the point person pointed at their shoulder, said that hurt. And they pointed at their elbow and, and um, pointed at their knee. And, you know, everything that they, you know, touched was, was in pain, their hip or whatever. And he said, what do you think? I go, man, it's like they were in a car wreck or something and their whole body hurts. He goes, no, you dumbass, they broke their finger. <laughs> so he'd set up stuff like that and you know mess with you too so it was uh it was, it was really something but, uh, yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> i mean it was, it was a daily deal when he, was, uh, he, he he had a lot of fun so um yeah it was good really good i think that was the one thing that that carried on too with especially like um the, you were students of Jim and just like Rex and, and Tony and stuff. I mean, that fun, that, that not, you know, taking life seriously, but not taking life so seriously was, was a, a epitome of those, of those, of those programs. And, and, um, and I know that carried on for me as, as a, when I was a student with Rex and Tony too, that, that right. we, 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 we worked hard, but we also had some fun along the way too. And, and, um, and that's that's important, especially in athletic training, as much as you're spending time in the athletic training room with the student athletes and stuff to do that. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, Barry, thank you. I know you're, you got a busy schedule. Yep, so I got to going here. So thank yeah, you. So, Thanks for doing this. No, really not a problem. It. Yeah. Really so, it. so we've gone off the roll with Barry Clements. I want to thank Barry for coming on the podcast today. That was a great conversation that we had with him and the great stories at the end about Jim Dickerson were phenomenal. I really appreciate Barry sharing not only the stories, but his time because he's a very busy guy. And I think if you look at the fact that there are a lot of athletic trainers out there that have moved into administration roles. Um, he's just done it for a longer time on a bigger stage um, and does a phenomenal job at it. So. We want to thank Barry again for coming on Off the Roll.
and hope you, again, if you like this podcast, give it a follow, um, send, send recommendations to off the roll podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Facebook on my personal Facebook page. We may be working on some other stuff, um, to have an off the roll kind of Twitter account or something like that in the near future. But again, I'm still, I'm a year and a half into this and I'm still working some things out. So hope you all have a great day. Take care.